right, today we're talking about America a little bit. We're talking about one nation under God. Are we really under God? Uh, I don't know about you, but let me just take a poll real quick. How many of you, the last election just really got your attention a little bit? Uh, couldn't help but perhaps, and uh, perhaps it raised some things in you and, and, and whatever, and you were finding yourself pulled in to some of the tension that was there and uh, some of the stuff that was going on, and, and maybe you got more angry than you've been in a long time, or maybe you got more happy, maybe more shocked uh, than you've ever been before. Uh, I don't know, but uh, perhaps, uh, if nothing else, you were more entertained than ever before uh, through the last election. How many would agree with that, that that was kind of you? Yeah, so I think a lot of Americans were that way. And so uh, in the midst of all of this and the tension and often division uh, that we see in our culture where, you know, people are threatening, you know, I'm going to move to another country or I'm going to do this, you know, and other people, oh, my gosh, uh, America's going to hell in a handbasket. It's just terrible out there, and what are we going to do about it? Uh, I understand that in the midst of all of that, uh, things can be a little bit controversial, uh, but I want you to know I was raised in a flag-flying, patriotic-singing uh, home, okay, uh, here in the heartland of America, and so as a result, uh, there's something in me that still to this day, I get goosebumps when I hear the national anthem, and uh, you know, there's still uh, a lot of patriotism, I, I honor those, my dad served in the military for the United States, and so as a matter of fact, if you serve or have served in the United States military in any way, shape, or form, you served somehow or are serving currently. Would you do us all a favor and please just stand up because we want to acknowledge you. We had a whole bunch of people in the first service, but uh, yeah. Yeah, give it up for these folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for, our, for your service to our nation. Uh, we're blessed in America to be the land of the free, the home of the brave. Uh, I, I believe we have unlimited opportunities, just like I said earlier in our prayer. Uh, you know, you could have driven anywhere you wanted to today. Uh, you could have done anything. There's a lot of options. But to be able to come and to worship freely, to be able to... Uh, start a business if you want to. Uh, start several businesses if you want to. Uh, to be able to start a family and to choose, you know, how many kids perhaps that you're going to have and where you're going to live and what kind of lifestyle and different things like that. It, it's just amazing. And I love that about America. I would not want to live anywhere else. But I want you to know that as much as I love America and perhaps you love America, America is not God's favorite nation on the earth, okay? It is not the promised land. Uh, It is not, um, you know, God's ultimate favorite. Uh, God has, I believe, blessed our nation. 
Uh, I believe we're strong, we're powerful, and the credit is not so much due to people. And if you read American history, uh, I think you can acknowledge that because there were just too many coincidences that happened that uh, you just knew the sovereignty of God was involved. Um, And along with that, uh, I want to read a few quotes today. And the reason why I like doing this is because if you're 20 or even older than 20, but especially those who are 20 and under, and you're still in school, uh, you probably won't find these quotes in your textbooks, which is unfortunate because many of these kinds of quotes have been edited out of textbooks since about the 1960s when uh, we started talking about separation of church and state and things of that nature, and took prayer out of schools, Bible out of schools, all those kinds of things. And so, uh, as a result, I, I want to share with you some quotes that have happened from uh, leaders and presidents of the United States. Here's what Teddy Roosevelt said. He said, a thorough understanding of the Bible is better than a college education. This is the president of the United States. The teachings of the Bible are so interwoven and intertwined in our whole civic and social life that be literally impossible for us to figure to ourselves what that life would be if these teachings were removed. Isn't that amazing? George Washington said this, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Franklin Roosevelt, FDR, said, in the formative days of the republic, the directing influence the Bible exercised upon the fathers of the nation is conspicuously evident. He said, you know, you just can't take the Bible out of what impact it had on the beginnings of this nation. And and of course, since then, there's been many uh, of our leaders who have called Uh, for days of prayer. As a matter of fact, we've had presidents who've called for days of prayer and fasting uh, for God's intervention. Not not moments of silence, okay? And uh, I appreciate moments of silence and reflection and, you know, do your thing and whatever and and let's take a moment, you know. Uh, But uh, we're talking about presidents who said, let's reach out to God, you know. Let's pray. And call on God. Our, of course, our Constitution is full of the Bible. Zachary Taylor said, The Bible is the best of books, and I wish it were in the hands of everyone. It is indispensable to the safety and permanence of our institutions. A free government cannot exist without religion and morals. And there cannot be morals without religion. Especially should the Bible be placed in the hands of the young. It is the best school book in the whole world. I would that all our people were brought up under the influence of that holy book. And here's what the founder, Benjamin Rush, he was the founder of the modern American education system, and here's what he had to say. He says, I do not believe that the Constitution was the offspring of inspiration, but I am as perfectly satisfied that the union of the United States in its form and adoption is as much the work of a divine providence as any of the miracles recorded in the Old and New Testament. Isn't that incredible? This is the founder of American education. 
By removing the Bible from schools, we would be wasting so much time and money and punishing criminals and so little pains to prevent crime. Take the Bible out of our schools and there would be an explosion in crime. Isn't that incredible? I mean, it's like, man, dude's a prophet, you know? I mean, it's amazing. So in the midst of, of all of this, as Jesus followers... It would be easy to say, well, let's take America back, bless God, you know. <laughs> let's get out there and, you know, march and do all these things. And, and, and I, I get all that, and I get emotions run high and, and all of that. But, but more than freedom of speech is the freedom that there is in Jesus Christ that's important for us to represent. And we're, help, we're here to help people find freedom in Christ. Not, not freedom of speech, uh, but freedom in Christ. And so uh, there's a few things that I want us to look at this morning. We are not just Americans. We are ambassadors of God. We're ambassadors of heaven. And as ambassadors, we are representatives. We are holy people. We're set apart. Here's how Paul put it in 2 Corinthians. Uh, He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone The new is here that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. How many are glad today that God lost count on your sins? He quit counting a long, long time ago, right? Anybody here glad God has a short memory when it comes to your sins? Oh, my goodness, because now the new has come. How many of you, you're, you're not what you want to be, you know, you're not what you should be, and you're not what your wife wish you would be, or your husband w- wishes you would be, or your mom or your dad, wishes, but you're not what you used to be. You are changed, your new creation in Christ Jesus. I mean, there, there's nothing better than that. And the highest ranking uh, diplomat that's sent to a nation is the ambassador. Uh, the ambassador of the United States, when we send someone as an ambassador to another country, they, they represent America to that whole nation. And, and so when the Bible refers to us as an ambassador, you are. You are, I am, an ambassador on the earth to represent heaven. In other words, here in Avon, Indiana, here in Hendricks County, here on the west side of Indy, here in the crossroads of America, here in the heartland of America, here in the basketball capital of the world, come on somebody, Uh, Anyway, in this part of the country, here in the heartland, we are here to represent the kingdom of God in all of its fullness, in all of its power, so that all may know that there is 
freedom in Christ, right? Freedom in Christ. So here's, here's how this breaks down. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to look at a verse in the Bible that I've known for a long, long time. I remember actually seeing this verse uh, in church, and in 2 Peter chapter 2, it talks about who we are as Christ's ambassadors. Before we get to that, there in your outline, write this down. You were not elected by people. You were chosen and appointed by God. You were chosen and appointed by God. And here's how Jesus said it himself. John 15, here's what Jesus said. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now, we don't think of it that way, do we? Because we think, you know, I invited Jesus into my heart. You know, some of us grew up saying that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I invited him into my heart. And others of you, you might say, well, there was a day when I invited God into my life, or there was a day where I let Jesus become my Lord and Savior. Like we let him, you know? Like out of our good graces, you know? Out of our, our greatness, you know, we, we let him, the God of the universe, you know, come in and forgive us, wash our sins away and cleanse us and make us ready for heaven. Like, like we did something and Jesus is like, no, you didn't. Okay, no, that's not how it went. Here's how it went down. I came and I chose you. I chose you. And I chose you and I appointed you. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to everybody, right? I chose all of you. Or, or maybe if you're from the South, I chose all y'all, right? All y'all. I, I chose all of you so that, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Now, uh, some of us, you know, we, we're, we trip out on some of this calling of God, and we think, oh, yeah, that Craig, he's called, you know, and he's, he's anointed, he's, he's appointed uh, to be the preacher, to be the pastor of Crossroads, and all, oh, that's awesome, and, all, and, and oh, that, that guy, he's appointed or anointed to play the keyboard, or to, her to sing, or him to sing, and them to teach, and do different things, but let me tell you something, that's not what Jesus says, that's not what Jesus says at all, he says, I chose you, and I appointed you to do what, pull that scripture back up again. He, he chose you and appointed you so that you would what? Yeah, you might go and bear fruit. Now, let me tell you something. You might not be able to preach. You might not be able to sing. You might not be able to play an instrument. You may not be able to do different things that other people can do. And you're like, oh, it's so awesome what they can do and whatever. But every one of us can bear fruit for God. Would you agree? We can all love our neighbor as ourselves. Right? We, we can all show God's love. And so God has anointed you, God's appointed you, God's called you so that you would represent 
the kingdom of God to other people through love so that you would show forth the love of God to others. So you're not just called to ministry, you're called to bear fruit. And here's the second thing to write down is you're not just a regular person. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, you're not regular. That sounded a little weird, didn't it? So, anyway, uh, maybe we, we shouldn't have done that, but uh, you, you're not a regular person. You are, here's what you are you are a royal priest of God. You are a royal priest of God. I mean, God has anointed. Now, now, we have trouble with this because we think of certain people as a priest. You know, they wear certain clothes and look a certain way and wear a certain hat or whatever. And we say, okay, that, there's a priest and that, that's somebody that, that, that's a priest of God. But, but that's not what the Bible teaches, all right? Here's what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says about this. It says, you... Our chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I mean, Martin Luther came on the scene hundreds of years ago, and, and they had the Bible. I, I, this just blows my mind. They had the Bible chained to the pulpit so nobody could take it. And, and so the, they said, hey, if you want to know the Bible, you come. You hear it from me. And they controlled the Bible. And Martin Luther's like, that's, that's nuts. That's crazy. God wants his word out there to everybody. And everybody deserves to be able to have a copy of the scriptures in their possession. Everyone deserves it because everyone is a priest of God. Well, the people who were priests of God, they didn't care for that message too much. And Martin Luther went through all kinds of persecution and everything, but ultimately God's word got unchained. How many are glad for that? And you've got a copy today. You can have it on your phone, right? You can, you can just carry it around on your phone, uh, the, the word of God every day wherever you go because God's word is not meant to be chained down. It is meant to break the chains in our lives and set us free by the power of God's spirit. So saying I'm a, I'm a Christian should be just like saying I'm a priest, to which your friends may say, mm, no, no, don't think so. But you are, you are, because you are called by God a priest. Other people may not call you that. But God calls you that. And you are chosen, you are called, you are equipped, you are to be a spiritual influencer to other people. And I know this is foreign for some of us to get, and, and, and we even think this way differently because, uh, again, in our culture, people we call priests, they dress different than we do, and, and I'm so glad I don't have to do that today. I'm so glad I'm not in a dress or whatever, you know, here, or whatever, 
and all, and I'm not knocking people who do that and all. I'm just glad I'm not doing it, all right? That's all I'm saying. I'm just glad that I'm not doing that. But here's what in our circle of, uh, of faith happens a lot of times is I'll go somewhere and people are like, oh, Pastor Craig, you're here. And, I'll, and then they'll say, hey, uh, we want to call this meeting to order and we want to open in prayer. Pastor Craig, will you open us in prayer? It's like nobody else can pray, you know? You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, you know, only you can, can do this for us, you know? And, and it's so contrary to what God says. God says, no, you're all priests. You know, Craig doesn't have to come necessarily to the hospital because what if Craig is on a missions trip and you're in the hospital, you're just done, aren't you? You're just, it's just too bad, you know? No, it is not because anybody can lay hands on the sick, the Bible says, and they can recover. All of us are priests of the Lord. All of us are anointed. What did Jesus say? I have chosen you and I've appointed you. So you are a chosen one. You're an appointed one. You are a holy priesthood, a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. You are set apart for the kingdom of God. You're not just any person. You are God's person, God's priest that represents him as an ambassador to other people. And here's the third thing to write down, is you never represent yourself. You always represent Christ. You always represent Christ. You're not, it's not just about you, okay? And I know for some of you that's hard to get over, you know, that's not about you. But it's not, okay? It, it, it really isn't about you. It, it is about him in you. And some of us know that it is about him in us because we know without him, like Paul, I can do nothing. We know that all glory, honor, and praise, if you see anything good in Craig today, if you hear anything good out of Craig's mouth, if anything good comes from Craig's life, all the glory, honor, and praise belongs to God for that. How about you? Don't look at me like you're all that, all right? Because we'll, we'll get some family on the phone, all right? We'll find out. Here's what Peter says for a few verses down, verse 12, after verse 9. Here's what verse 12 says. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, and some of you know that. You know how people, you know, they're trying to poke things at you because they want to feel better about themselves. Isn't that true? You know, and, and some people are fight, trying to fight off conviction and things like that, and you bring conviction into their lives, and so they're like, well, you, you're not all that, and you goody two-shoes, and you're, you know, all your religious jargon and whatever. And you may have some people in your life like that that, you know, are, are that way. But it says, Here, here's what should be, that you wouldn't just be a telling Christian, you would be a show-and-tell Christian. How many know we need some more show and tell Christians in America today? 
We need some people who won't just tell the Bible. They'll show the Bible to other people. They won't just talk to people about Jesus. They'll show people Jesus in the way they live. And so he says, so, so they would see your good deeds and glorify who? God on the day he visits us. See, they, they will see God in your life. And so everything about you, and, and as a Christian, see, that ought to just be, wow. You know? I mean, when, when I get ready to go to school this fall, man, I got to show Jesus in the hall. I got to show him on my sports team. I, I got to show him in all my classes. I, I got I to show him to my neighbors. I got to show him to my community. See, it, it isn't just about me. See, I, I'm known, like I said a while ago, I, I mean, I'm known in the community. I have people, you know, when I go to civic things and whatever, oh, Pastor Greg, you know, it's good to see you and whatever, and will you pray for us, you know, today, and, and things like that. So I, all that happens, but here's the other deal, is if I mess up, it isn't just on me, all right? It isn't just about me. Oh, it's too bad he messed up. No, it affects a whole lot of other people. And let me tell you something. In your life, it's the same thing. You've got a circle of influence. And so it isn't just about you. It isn't about, well, I want to do this, and I think I can do this. And I, it isn't about what you can do. It's what you should do, Right? It's about showing him. It's about revealing him. And, and so, you know, if I get some harebrained idea that, you know, maybe I need to trade my wife in for 220s or whatever, you know, kind of thing. How many know there, there's no 220s on this planet as good as the wife that God's given to me? And I would be one stupid man to even think something like that. See, but sometimes we get stupid. How many of you ever had a stupid moment? You know, at least you'd at least acknowledge that. Right. And, and here's what Peter says. Peter says, no, we, we got to guard against that because, you know, we're, we're always on watch. And Martin Luther says there's a priesthood of all believers. It isn't about just, oh, I hope Pastor Craig lives the life. No, it's about you living the life. Because, see, you could bring somebody here next Sunday that I don't even know who they are. I don't even know their name. I've never met them. But you know them. And this week, you could be an influence in their life. This week, you could be a helper in bringing them unto the Lord. And so God wants to use each and every one of us to represent him. And Jesus said this, they will know you're my disciples by the love that you show. Not by how you vote, right? But by how you live, by how you love. That you always represent Christ. You are not your own. The Bible says you were bought with a price. So there's nothing normal. There's nothing regular about you. I've seen normal, what the world calls normal. And I don't know about you. I don't want any part of normal. I don't want a normal marriage. I don't want a normal life. I don't want normal happiness. I don't want what the world has to offer. 
I know there's something greater, something more. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. I didn't come to bring you religion. I didn't come to bring you chains. I didn't come to bring you robes and smoke and different other things and, 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 and different uh, elements of ritual. That's not what I came for is to give you more rituals or more religion or more rules. What I came to bring you is life and life more abundantly. And God still wants to do that today. How many know he can? And he will. See, and, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. Your party doesn't have to be in charge for God to be in charge, all right? I mean, it's not like, oh my gosh, what we're going to do for the next four years or six years or whatever it is that people get voted in for. That isn't what it is. Let me tell you something. Jesus was Lord before there was ever one Republican or Democrat in America. Jesus was Lord before there ever was an America. Jesus was Lord long before Columbus sailed across the sea. Jesus was Lord then, he's Lord now, and he'll be Lord tomorrow because Jesus is Lord, period. So what we need is God to rule in our hearts, see, God to rule in our lives. And, and, and that way, you know, people say, oh, aren't you freaking out? You know, I, the world just gets more troubled and, oh, man, there's just so much violence and there's so much terrible, oh, there's, you know, all this, you know, going on and, you know, I read Twitter today and, and you know, and, and this is going on, oh, I tuned into CNN and I flipped over to Fox and then they're saying this and that, oh, you can get all that going. And in the midst of all that, here's what I want you to know. It doesn't matter, Republican or Democrat, the world is getting darker. All right? It's just getting darker. But the good news is, God said, in the last days, that would happen. In the last days, it's going to get so crazy that people will say, I don't even know if we ought to get pregnant or not. I don't even know if we should even do that. He said people will fear, and they'll even, you know, their hearts will give way because they'll just be so taken with fear by what's going on. And in the midst of all that, the Bible says, but I will pour out my spirit in those last days on all flesh, young men, old men, young women, old women, I will pour out my spirit. God says, I will give my spirit in its fullness, in its power. And how many know the spirit of God is greater than the spirit of darkness and can drive the spirit of darkness right out of your life? So what needs to happen today is as the world grows darker, hey, the light just shines brighter. You know, and so we're chosen people. We're a holy nation. We're royal priesthood. We, we pass on through this world, and as we are, we are passing on the light. 
We are sharing faith with others. It doesn't make any difference if you're from America or Algeria or Albania or Antarctica or Australia. We are united by one name that is above every other name, the only name whereby we can be saved, that one day at that name every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It is that. That name that makes all the difference. So, so yeah, I, I love America. I honor America. I certainly honor those who have defended us and, and laid down their lives for us. But let me tell you something. I worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, right? That, that's, that's where my true citizenship is. Lies. And so, therefore, as a nation under God, if we're under God, then we're meant to be salt and light unto others. And that light breaks through the darkness. Peter said, Who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? There are thousands of people that are within a seven-mile radius of this church, easy driving distance, who sit in darkness, who wonder what the next year is going to hold, who even wonder what next week will hold. Because this past week was very trying. This past week, somebody said something to them they never thought they'd hear said to them. Somebody who promised them their whole life, for better, for worse, decided it's too worse for me, and I want something better. Somebody, maybe in this house today, you've gone through some shaking, you've gone through some turmoil, and some of you have gone through some stuff. There's some of you who know what I'm talking about. There's some of you who that was 10 years ago, though. There's some of you that was five years ago. Some of you, it was 15, it was 25, it was 30 years ago when darkness tried its best to get its tentacles around your heart and around your mind and around your spirit and convince you that life is not worth living. And if this is all that life has to offer, then what is the use? And you felt the depths of depression and discouragement and despondency like you've never felt in all of your life. But in the midst of that darkness, a light shined into your life. I don't know who it was. I don't know where it came from. But a light because of him who has called you out of darkness and somehow you heard his voice. It may have been through an aunt. It may have been through an uncle. It may have been through your parent. It may have been through a preacher. I don't know where the voice came from, but it was like it came out of heaven itself and spoke into your life and somehow in the midst of such darkness like you couldn't get out of on your own, a light shined into the depth of your heart and hope sprang inside of you for the first time and all of a sudden you were drawn out of that darkness into his marvelous, marvelous, marvelous light. If he's done that for you in your life, give him praise for it today. Give him praise. 
And now, now because you're a drawn out one, now because you're one that's been rescued, now because you, you know what it's like for the light to dawn, now you're an ambassador. Now you're a reflector. Now this week, when we get ready to launch this new series, it's up to you to zero in on who God wants to call next. Who is it that he wants to reach? Who is it that he wants to rescue? And this week, you get the privilege, you get the honor, you get the ability as a chosen one, as a, as a priest of God, to be the ambassador of heaven on earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that into our darkness you shined and brought your light and changed our lives forever. The new has truly come. And now, God, you want to bring that newness, that freshness, that life into others. Use us, God, for your purpose. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, man, I, I want to be a priest of God for the glory of God. And, and, and I, I know I can do that as a mechanic. I can do that as an attorney. I can do it as a dentist. I can do it as a doctor. I can do it. As a secretary, I can do it as an assistant. I, I can do it at school uh, this week and in the next few weeks as I get ready to go back down to the hallways of campus. I can share God. And I want God to be seen in my life. I want to be an ambassador of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me today. And I just want my light to shine to others. I know God wants to use me to bring hope to other people. Yes, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, use us as an army of people in this community to reflect the incredible power and presence of the living, eternal God. The only hope for America the only hope for Americans. And God, I pray that you'll use us this week strategically. Maybe others of you are here and you'd say, Craig, it's me that needs to be reached by God. It's not somebody necessarily outside this building right now. I feel God speaking to me. I feel God, just like you said, shining a little bit of light into my heart today. And I want to respond to that and, and if there is a God who could forgive me and, and, and cause me to be his child today, then, then I want God to do that in my life. And I'm here to tell you he can do for you what he's done for me. He can forgive you, wash you, cleanse you. He can touch your life fresh, new today. He can make you ready for heaven. I know that personally. I know he can do it for you. And if you're here this morning and you say, yes, I want God to do that for me today, will you raise your hand and say, yes, I'm that person. I'm, I'm that one. Yes, I see that hand. How many others? Back over here. God bless you. Over here, a couple people. God bless you guys up toward the top. I saw that hand. Anyone else today? All right. Several have raised their hands. So let's just pray this prayer to God. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me. I know I've sinned. 
But today I want to start over. I want to decide for you. And so with all my heart, I commit my life to you. As much as I know how, I surrender my life today. Thank you for becoming my king and ruling over my life. I give my future to you. And I thank you for receiving me as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer.